And that's one of the biggest opportunities that I'm seeing right now is to have that authentic voice and to connect with your customer in a very sincere way, because there's a lot of opportunity right now. And the thing is, is that these larger or brands and, and businesses are trying to seize that opportunity and they're putting a lot of money into it. And that can seem very deflating for a small business. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that what, let them do it. Let them do it. Because what that's doing is they are putting a lot of money and driving demand for whatever it is that you're doing, but they're not going to be able to resonate and speak to your customer in the way that you can. Welcome to the Winning E-Commerce Experience Show where it's all about creating a brand that your customers love so they keep coming back. This show is brought to you by DataQ. Your store experience begins with your homepage. DataQ improves your conversion rate up to 30% by showing each visitor a personalized homepage based on their interest. And now your host, Sharam Anver. Hey guys, welcome to, I'd say our first podcast episode that's on video. So we're going to see how this goes. Today we've got the CEO of PO Web Results. They're a consulting firm that helps e-commerce brands sustainably scale through holistic data-driven marketing frameworks. That's a, a, a mouthful. Josh Boone, great to have you on the show, man. Great to be here, man. Yeah, so we, we were just talking about, um, you know, in the interest, I, I, you said something really interesting to me because you, you, you're talking about how uh, too many marketing folks really go with, I feel, I feel, mm-hmm. and um, like the kind of decision making. So, um, and I think that's probably going to be even more so with uh, this pandemic going on because there's so many opinions flying around and I'd say precious little data, right? Um, yeah. You know, so, so where did you get this uh, sense and like, what did you decide to do about it? But like attacking this, I feel, I feel thing. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I overall, like I, I grew up in small business and I've you know, had several businesses of my own where it's just like, you, you've got to make decisions and you got to think about cash flow. You got to do what works. So I've always kind of had that very pragmatic approach. But then when I started getting into consulting a couple of years ago, um, transitioning from that after my agency, I started getting really you know when you, when you have an agency you're dealing with like a marketing director a cmo ceo owner whatever else but then when i was in the consulting side and i got to really deep dive into these organizations and, and start talking with everybody you know from the content development team product development team customer service everyone i just didn't have that kind of uh, holistic uh, top-down kind of you know uh, 360 view of an organization and, and the team and you know, when you, when you're just talking with like a marketing director or CMO, like they, they kind of, uh, whether they realize it or not, they start giving you, uh, you know, Oh, everything's great. You know, they, they kind of give you this perception of having right. this unity, but then you start talking to all the layers, of the people that work there and you're just like, okay, no, things not. are not as unified. <laughs> They're not right. as unified as you think. And a lot of people felt like the wrong decisions were being made. And, you know, you talk to, you know, the leadership and a lot of the time it makes sense based on the information they're telling you, but then you start getting into the weeds, you start dealing with the, you know, the developers, uh, the copywriters, the whatever else that are, that have the data and are doing Mm. the day to day. And a lot of the time they felt like they weren't being listened to. And it came down kind of to like an ego thing where it's like, I have more experience than you, I'm your boss, whatever. And sometimes it wasn't, you know, it, it was, it was very subtle, but it was there. So one of the things that we started trying to do was I, 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 at first I started kind of taking some of their ideas and just, you know, presenting it 
as if it were my own, not to take credit, but to in tandem and working right? with the team. Yeah, 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 working with the team. I would tell them I was going to do this. And, mm -hmm. and then I would kind of present it and they're like, that's a great idea. And I'm like, well, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, this guy has been saying it for apparently like six months now. Um, so what we were doing is at that point, then finding how can we test this? How can we test these assumptions? How can we gather right. data? And then we let it to do. So then as we started doing this, it became a culture of, not ego or seniority or whatever, you, you would put the ideas out there, we would come up with tests and then we would vet it. And then whatever one won, you know? So you essentially really focused on building a system to surface these ideas by people on the ground to people who are making decisions. Is, is, that, is, that, is that how you'd say it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I mean, even with a small business, I suppose we all fall into the same trap, right? Um, the more you're talking to your customers, the more you're actually seeing maybe opportunities, or I think you know you use the word blind spots a lot on your website, mm -hmm. um, that you might not see if you're up in your ivory tower, just planning things, thinking, think, you know, essentially, if you're not listening, you're trying to make the world follow the way you want it to be, rather than trying to understand how the world really is and adjusting your yeah. business to work with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so, and, and go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go for it. No, so I, I guess what I was trying to go with that is that with small business, uh, well, how would you, would you change your approach um, at all? Where I guess with small business, you have lesser layers, but perhaps then it's more about the small business owner speaking to the customer more rather than the developer. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's, it's in a way more and less and important for a small business for different reasons. So I, I think you have less layers, like you're saying, less, you know, less layers uh, to get for complication to come in. But also what I found with a lot of small businesses is that uh, a lot of the times, you know, I, I mean, I'm guilty of this myself a lot of times, like the small businesses kind of start off as like a lone wolf, you know, kind of person mm -hmm. who just didn't really, you know, they wanted to march to the, you know, the beat of their own drum. And, and so like they're, that can, that can be an issue as well, is that they're actually so engaged that that can end up being an issue as well. But what I would also say is that um, that relationship that you can have with your customers and being able to develop that very authentic, very deep, uh, that, that is a great asset for a smaller, more agile brand or, or business that larger companies just simply don't have. And that's one of the biggest opportunities that I'm seeing right now is to have that authentic voice and to connect with your customer in a very sincere way, because there's a lot of opportunity right now. There's a ton. And the thing is, is that these larger or brands and, and businesses are putting a lot, they're, they're now trying to seize that opportunity and they're putting a lot of money into it. And that can seem very deflating for a small business. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that what, let them do it, let them do it. Because what that's doing is it's, it's, they are putting a lot of money and driving demand for whatever it is that you're doing, but they're not going to be able to resonate and speak to your customer in the way that you can. Because sure. there's just too many, there, there are too many layers are removed and there's too many things. You, you having more control uh, and being willing to take more risk and being able to be, you know, just much more on the level uh, with your customers uh, and have that more authentic relationship. Like that is going to be the thing that's a differentiating factor. And particularly now where I see so many brands that are, are kind of breaking down the traditional kind of barriers, if you will, and being mm -hmm. way more transparent with their customers. Like that is a huge, people want that, you know, they're, they're sick of inauthenticity. They're sick of fakeness. And you, know, you get to look at that from politics to whatever else, it doesn't matter, but across the board, like if you can speak 
very directly and very sincerely like that'll resonate especially if you're that lone wolf or that founder kind of bro right then you're kind of merging your business identity with your own identity and then yeah. it becomes so much more easier to be authentic rather than this massive gigantic operation where you can't really have one person embody the tone or the voice so to speak right yeah yeah i mean simon sinek is uh, speaks often about you know start with why you know, why do you have your business? Why do you exist? What it is, what do you do that you do? I mean, uh, that's why it's like, if, you, if you're someone who is very much so like the face and you're comfortable with being a face and being a personality for your brand, um, getting out, you know, trying to have conversations, go on podcasts like we're doing right now and share that information and go on, you know, Reddit, for example, is one of the probably the biggest untapped mm -hmm. uh, marketing channel. That's just nobody's, not very many people are doing well not many people are really doing it at all. Even fewer people are doing it well. Um, so if you, you can tap oh. into that. Like, um, how would you tap into it? I mean, I know it's a bit of a segue, but like, how, how, how would you approach uh, typing to Reddit? Because I, I have to admit, I'm not a big Reddit user either. And I've always been fascinated by the world of Reddit. Yeah, uh, we were actually in the process of putting together a fairly extensive kind of, I don't know if we're going to release it as a white paper or, or what yet. Uh, we're, we're still kind of figuring that out. But it, we, I mean, I've been on Reddit for probably like, I don't know, since the dig exodus back in the day, uh, like probably like 2008, whenever, whenever that was. Wow. Um, so I've been using it for a very long time. I actually hosted a bunch of Reddit uh, meetups in my, my hometown like back in 2010. And, and, and I was surprised by the, the turnout, like even you know, that was 10, over 10 years ago. So it's just like been on it for a long time. And the main, the main kind of thing of it is that authenticity. Like Redditors do not respect like brands that come in, even, even personalities. There's so many case studies of seeing celebrities going on and doing AMAs and just mm. bombing because it, they, 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 it, it seems contrived. It seems like they're doing it. But then there's plenty of examples where celebrities go on there, people that, you know, they didn't even like the celebrity or, or their brand or their company or whatever at first, you know, just based on their perception. And then the, it, it's like Reddit fell in love with them because they were so honest and transparent. Right, right. Um, so as far as like how I would go about it, it, mm -hmm. it varies a little bit depending on, on what, you know, your industry you're in and, and, and the specifications of everything. But first of all, I'd be like, okay, you know, where are your users? Look for subreddits and just spend time. Don't, don't, don't come up with a marketing plan right now. Just spend time getting engaged, make an account on there, follow it, see what kind of content is resonating, see what kind of influencers are on that community. People that mm -hmm. are, you know, the top posters, plenty of, um, uh, plenty of, you know, uh, uh, tools that you can find for how to find the, you know, top uh, users in any sort of community, related communities, all there's plenty of tools out there to just search for it. Um, and, and, and then figure out, okay, what is your point of entry? How can you have an authentic, you know, how can you provide content and, and, mm -hmm. and, and do it? One example is like, we were, were one of uh, the long, you know, evergreen kind of content. We're working with one of our clients now to come up with these kind of content hubs, like long-term okay guides and whatever else and and they're the craftsmen you know they 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 have extreme knowledge in what they're doing so uh, we've actually been using reddit to source ideas uh for what users are looking for what are the pain points what are advice that they have and kind of putting all this together uh, and mixing it with their in-house team's expertise and you know what i told them to do is like well go on reddit and just say hey this was you know we're doing this and you know we're one of you guys what do you guys think and getting them involved in the process and then following back up later and saying hey we wrote this guide based on your guys's advice and your direction and what we've seen in the community you know what do you guys think how can we make it better and then you're not you know 
delivering this final thing to them, it's, it's part of almost like a community service in a way, like you're distilling something down. So it's like, right. that would be one example of how you can authentically uh, do it and they can actually help you, you know, develop your content. It, it can be win-win. It doesn't have to yeah. be, you know, transactional. I don't know if I've got this right, but um, didn't, I, I can't remember his name. Is it Andy Wire? Um, he wrote The Martian. Didn't he write this with Reddit? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but that wouldn't surprise me. I have to Google this, but apparently it was something like he couldn't get published. So he started writing and he posted it on Reddit or some site. I'm pretty sure it's, it was Reddit. And people would give him feedback on the scientific um, facts which he was using and things like that. And he used that feedback and ended up having this insanely good book and was made obviously into a movie as well. So I think that's yeah. really cool. It sounds like you, I mean, especially if as a small business, uh, like the Lone Wolf or whoever, like if you are building a product that's very personal to you, then I clearly suggest that you know a lot about that product that maybe you could share, right? Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of information that you can share and you can also, uh, you know, be humble and ask for, you know, uh, both provide and then also give information. So it's like if you, there's plenty of e-commerce subreddits as well. There's marketing subreddits, e-commerce startups, um, drop shipping subreddits for, for people that are doing that. Sure. And you can go on there and people will just give advice. I mean, I go on, I give advice to people on there all the time as well. People will be like, Hey, I just started the store. What do you think? And you know, if I have the time, I'll, I'll, I'll provide some feedback. And you, there are tons of people on, on there of all various, uh, you know, anywhere in their career. I mean, so right. you can get a lot of really good, good, good advice from people on there as well. And, and like you said, I guess a lot of this advice is very contextual to the situation of the business, right? Because yeah. the moment this pandemic struck, it clearly was no longer business as usual. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was seeing um, this report, I mean, it seems fairly obvious now, but basically some industries have seen huge booms and some industries have seen clear declines and some have just gone to zero. I don't want to say zero, but it's, it's very low. So for instance, travel, I don't think anyone yeah. is thinking of traveling right now. Um, yeah. But you know, if you're selling equipment for say home office or I don't know, groceries and things like that, clearly you're in demand and you've got very different kind of issues. I guess it's that middle segment, so to speak. Um, you know, I mean, travel, I'm not sure there's something right now that you can do. I guess you really just need to hang on for, you know, whatever that's, uh, whenever this is going to be over. But that middle segment where you've got a product and maybe it's not the first thing that people are thinking about right now. Um, and one of the things I've seen with this segment is that it really comes down to your creativity on how you can perhaps sort of pitch that product in a way that people actually um, demand. So for instance, um, you know, we were talking to this company that does um, stationery and they realized that, well, if people are gonna be stuck at home, maybe they're gonna want something to doodle on or do something with their kids. So they, it's very sim the same product, but they just found another niche to go for. Mm -hmm. So maybe these kind of ideas could be uh, also uh, um, they could get these from Reddit. So maybe they, you know, they could go on these sites and be like, Hey, we've got this kind of product. We're thinking about these ideas to make it more relevant to people right now. What do you guys think? Have you seen anything like that? Like in terms of product sort of innovation or how people are rethinking how they brand the store? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, across the board. I mean, I, I have actually got examples and several of the ones that you just, you just mentioned. Um, 
you know, like for example, travel, uh, we've actually got a, a client in the travel industry. And as you can imagine, I mean, revenue dropped pretty severely, but mm -hmm. um, also they're a pretty lean team. And a lot of their direct competitors are much larger with, you know, a lot of employees, a lot of overhead and all these other things. So I was, I was talking with the, the CEO and I'm, I'm like, okay, well, you're, you have a great voice. Like she just can speak to people very, very great. And she has a lot of knowledge. And I'm like, you should be going on, to mm. go to PR, go on podcasts. Uh, there, you know, there's things like help a reporter out. You can go on. And, and I mean, that's how I think we, we connected. It's like, yeah. you can go on there and you can, you can see what people, uh, what, what kind of experts people are looking for and start building that and, and helping people ha you as a travel expert, like both what can people in the industry do? And like, what would you advise customers doing? You know, like, like just sharing that, sharing that experience. Like that's one way that you can start, you know, being proactive and getting ahead, building your thought leadership, uh, you know, getting a lot of backlinks to your website, you know, which is fantastic for SEO. Um, you know, SEO is kind of like my background. And so there's fantastic things you can, you can do in the meantime of that. Uh, home office, that's another one where it's like one of our clients that actually was in the process of transitioning. We're working with them on the, tra the strategy of kind of getting ahead in, in the home office area. And then mm -hmm. this happens. So what we <laughs> thought amazing. was like, yeah, what we thought was going to be a year or two process right. ended up uh, being, you know, months, even days. And, and so it goes back to what I was saying earlier, where it's like, okay, right. you could see that as a negative because now every, these much larger brands are now starting to put everything that they can into it. But again, what it's doing is driving demand and, yeah. and people, the, the stuff that's coming out that we're seeing already from these larger brands is really subpar in quality. And these people do not understand the clientele. You know, this expert that I'm talking, uh, the, 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 the brand that I'm talking about, like they're experts in the US and stuff, like they've been studying and researching their clients, uh, their customers, how they use their products for years. Mm -hmm. Even their CEO actually went around the country and just met with their customers and interviewed them. Wow. I mean, like the, a real heavy layer of dedication. Those yeah. larger brands cannot compete with that. So they're also facing an issue because they've, you know, took, uh, took it upon themselves to shut down, voluntarily shut down production to, to help their employees, but they're in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. So they are now busier than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. And yet they're having to shut down production. But so what we're doing in the meantime is, okay, how can we get ahead? How can we create this content? How can we, you know, start positioning you guys so that when you're able to ramp back that things back up, you guys are ahead of things and, and starting to, you know, use that time, you know, now that their, their, their crew is not actually, you know, their designers and everything else, their craftsmen are not actually making these things. Right. Well, now we can tap into them and have them help, you know, go on Reddit or do whatever else and, and be, you know, thought leaders in that space and share their expertise. So there is ways. I, I, I mean, uh, overall, I would say like, this is internet or die. Like, I mean, my, I, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but it's, it's the reality. I mean, my sister's a, a nurse at a hospital. So it's like, I, I very personally you know, mm -hmm. have a connection to this. So I'm not trying to take away from the series, but this is innovate or die right now. And like, uh, you know, my colleague, uh, Zane, he, he's like, we're going back to Oregon trail. It's like, it's you and your gun and that's it. And it's just <laughs> like, and, and, and I love that. And it's just like, really, this is going back to first principles and the smaller yeah. agile brands, you guys already are existing in this space where you gotta be surgical, you gotta be tactical. So it's just like, take this, take the, the skill set that you have the things that have kept you going so far and just amplify it, double down on it. And like now's the time yeah. to get experimental and then to try things. And I, and I think that's advice we can also use. I mean, at least even for me personally, right? It's just um, anyone who's running a business, no matter how well you think you're doing or not, 
I think it's always a good thing to go back to first principles and just really give yourself an honest evaluation. And I know this is a topic that's very dear to you because you, I think, you know, you're all about helping people figure out that machine, that growth machine. Um, So I guess like people listening in are probably thinking, okay, I've actually, I think I'm doing all right. Um, What are things I should look for? And other people who are like, well, I think there's a lot of areas that I can improve. So maybe let's, let's talk about um, maybe that framework that you've got in terms of first principles. So, you know, how would you evaluate a business health and, you know, what, what are the things you think would be the most important for an entrepreneur to be thinking about right now? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I guess I'll just kind of get into the, the history of the framework and then we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. to the, you know, how, how does that come into now? But, you know, I, I've been working at an agency for about six years, you know, full service marketing agency. We've, you know, worked with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of tons of businesses of all, all kinds. And I started seeing a lot of the same issues over and over again. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, when you're an agency, there's kind of a bottleneck of, of how, how deeper, you know, you can get into their organization and their problems. And you're juggling so many clients where it's just like, you just can't, you know, you, you can't get that deep into it, uh, even if you want to. Um, so then, you know, I, I left the agency, sold it and took some time off. And then when, when I, when I was decided what I wanted to do next, like I was thinking like, hey, I'm going to get into consulting, but I don't want to just be a normal consultant. Like I want to work on a hard problem. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about, okay, well, there was a lot of these same issues across everything from e-commerce to B2B, completely different industries, like, you know, from fashion to like obscure high tech stuff that I didn't even know existed until I met them. Mm-hmm. And they all started having a lot of the same fundamental problems. So when we started consulting, um, uh, we worked with, you know, a couple larger brands and, you know, hundred million dollar companies and started, you know, that had rapid growth. And, 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 you know, they went from like, you know, 10 to 20 to 50, 60 employees, like within just a couple of years. And what I noticed is that they started having massive blind spots in their strategies. So, you know, I, I consider a blind spot, you know, something internally that, you know, gaps in your, in your strategic uh, thinking and, and on the inverse side, uh, a, a competitor's blind spot for you would be an opportunity. That's an opportunity that mm. you can kind of seize you know, you can seize that opportunity by, by taking advantage and, and kind of uh, penetrating that, uh, their own weaknesses and gaps. And I, I can give you some examples in a minute. But um, so what, we, what started happening was we were trying to figure out and fix these, these, these issues, these scaling issues. And, and that's, you know, where it goes back into, you know, the employees that we're talking to um, across the board. Like we started talking with, uh, you know, all levels of the organization and started seeing these, these gaps um and we started fixing them and and, and we started seeing that go, so go what are the gaps that you saw like you know just uh, like a rough sort of summary like what were the major themes that you saw by talking to these companies the common problems that you saw i mean i, I know you mentioned the strategic blind spots but mm-hmm. is there anything else that like you just keep seeing over and over again that really annoyed you Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the, the biggest one is the, the, their over reliance on certain marketing channels. That's a huge. Okay. One. So right. it got to a point where one of these brands we came in on, and this is right when the the whole uh, Cambridge Analytical thing was going on with Facebook mm-hmm. and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. It was kind of a hot topic. It was right when that was bubbling up. Their Facebook uh, account rep, and this is a company, by the way, that's doing like millions of dollars a, a month with Facebook and IG spend. Uh, pulled them aside and was like, "Hey." you guys are too heavy. You're too reliant on us. Like you're too heavy. 
because they, 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 they were basically, their, their account rep was like, I think we have some algorithm changes happening, may or may not affect <laughs> you guys, but we're worried about it really seriously hurting your, 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 your revenue and you being mad at me. So, so let me get this straight. Uh, this, the Facebook yes. told the company that we think you're too reliant on us. Yes, that, that, that is something. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah, I go, told go. them that I told them that a week prior and they're like, yeah, yeah, we think you're right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get around to it. And then the, the Facebook gets and they're like, okay, okay, you were right. You're right. Okay, what do we do? And, and that's, that's when we started developing the game plan. But so, so what happens, what I see a lot of times, all right, is you have these startups and it, 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 I, I see the same thing happening, even if they're strictly cash flow, you know, 100% owner, smaller, you know, e-commerce shop, or if they're VC, uh, same issues, but with a VC route, you know, where they're getting funding and they're kind of having this explosive growth, I see it way, way, way more. And usually it's like, there, there is a channel that they start with, whether mm -hmm. that be, okay, you're, you know, SEO or it's, you know, uh, you know, uh, pay-per-click or it's, you know, paid social or it's influencers or what, whatever it is. You have a channel typically that's kind of like the thing that you lean on. And, and then what happens is you start scaling and growing and you just become way too heavily reliant on that. And because you have all this data, you've been spending all this time and money on it, you got to really optimize and dial down. So then when you start experimenting with the other channels, it's not performing as well. So you're just like, well, you want that hockey stick bro. So you start putting all the money. And particularly if you're a venture-backed company, the VCs, that kind of insidious hand are just like, uh, no, let's put effort towards, towards that thing right there. You know, keep putting more into the money machine. We want that. But what's happening is that they're not developing. Think about like going to the gym, you know, like you're just doing push-ups. So you just, you know, you're just making your arms like Popeye, but like you're not doing any sort of cardio and you, you know, you have no, you know, no endurance whatsoever with your legs at all. Uh, so it's just like, that's what a lot of these businesses are, are happening. So uh, you know, to, to give you an example, I come in and I'm like, okay, you guys are way too reliant on this one channel. You have huge opportunities, particularly like an SEO, massive, massive opportunities that I'm seeing that they're not even doing. And uh, these, uh, that to me is I'm like, okay, well, you guys want to overtake this larger competitor. Like this is kind of your, your goal. You want to mm -hmm. be them or beat them. Well, there's huge, you're competing on their strength but they have these massive blind spots where their SEO game is terrible. And the only reason they're even ranking is basically just on their brand authority. Interesting. So you can be surgical and you can put effort into overtaking them. And we did this countless times. Well, there was one uh, uh, DTC brand we were working with and there was a certain type of fabric in their clothing uh, okay. that a much larger brand had just kind of dominated uh, and this company had that kind of new emerging kind of uh, kind of fabric uh, mm -hmm. and and that style of clothing, but they weren't they didn't have any sort of non branded they, they weren't optimized at all for it they were they, you know they just had this collection but they they didn't specify any of the details so they didn't show up for anything and I'm like that's so so when I'm looking at this you know the the the, the big company they want to go after again it just they're just phoning it in they're ranking just by default because nobody else is doing it well and they're the biggest the biggest you know biggest fish in that pond so we put effort into that so that and would be a blind spot right um, in yes. your definition right yeah so for the larger you know for their competitor the larger uh, the competitor that's a blind spot for them but for the smaller company that i'm working with still pretty sizable but smaller than them that's an opportunity so mm. Then what we were doing is we put that together and within six months, like basically they had just dominated pretty much everything. Um, so how would you um, like differentiate between, it sounds like there's two kinds of blind spots, right? And I think you alluded to this a little bit earlier. 
One is these blind spots where you're just doing something wrong and you haven't noticed it. And then there's mm-hmm. this other one where the competitor is doing something which you can quote unquote exploit. Um, mm-hmm. How would you um, say prioritize between the two, right? Because they're actually kind of kind of different, right? In, in this case, you've seen this uh, big company that's doing really well just by default. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do you look at it in terms of revenue potential? I guess you're going to take make a list of all of these blind spots, competitor and myself, and then you're going to prioritize it. Maybe we're getting a little yeah. bit ahead of ourselves, but how do you think about this? Yeah, and that, that's where having the data, you know, generating tests and having the data, looking at it, it comes into play because then you can kind of look at, okay, well, what's the, you know, I, I, basically there's two. You have the, the growth potential mm-hmm. and then you have the kind of risk mitigation. Those are the two ways that I look at it. Is okay. like, what is the what is the potential risk of not covering, you know, kind of filling the gaps internally that you have, and, and because, you know, the, the same process that we're taking here, like, okay, that larger competitor, I want to take that on. They have, you know, they, they have blind spots, and we can we can seize that. Well, guess what? Anyone that's below you or on the same level as you is looking at the exact same thing for mm-hmm. you. So you constantly have to look at the difference between defense and offense. And, and that could be, you know, that's really situational. Um, but what I would say is it depends on like where you currently are as a business and then your industry. Um, for example, if you have uh, an emerging, let's say there's an emerging market like within your industry. So in this case, maybe it's like work from home or whatever else, you know, it's something that's happening. It's really hot. Um, that it's almost like the, the gain potential of that far exceeds maybe any potential blind spots that you have. Um, but also on the same end, let's say that you are on the opposite end of the spectrum where you're kind of a little bit more dominant in that mm-hmm. air in that area, but it is emerging market, uh, but you are kind of number one. So it, it's exact, almost the exact same circumstance I just said earlier. Um, if, if that's the case, don't just assume that you're going to keep being number one. You know, mm. if that is an emerging space that is increasingly valuable, you, you might want to double down on that and, and be more proactive in the kind of defensive and securing that position. So it right. really just comes down to, again, you know, innovate or die. It's like you need, you need, you have to be very lean. You have to really kind of analyze the data and kind of do that 80 to 20 analysis and, and kind of come up with a game plan from there. So I think this is a really great um, exercise for anyone to actually do, right? So g- given that we're in this situation, and I think there's a, I'd say significantly more downtime than there probably was before. Um, it's a perfect time to get out that list, um, write out what you think uh, these blind spots are and, and weigh them risk versus growth potential. Um, mm-hmm. So we've talked about over-reliance on um, specific marketing channels. Um, are there, is there anything else that you've seen which um, you, you feel that more businesses really need to be careful about? Yeah, I think in general, it's it's just not investing in the long term. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I could go down a billion rabbit holes on all the specifics, but I mean, right. the, the 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 crux of it all is is that they're just not investing. I, I've seen so many businesses literally have you know a, a, having all everything laid out in front of them. Hey, this is huge opportunity. You guys should really do, and they all agree. Uh, and then they turn around and be like, well, actually, you know, for, you know, the next quarter, we really want to hit these revenue goals and we're just going to put that money towards, you know, right. or whatever else. Right. And, they, and, and then this kind of thing happens. And, and, and so it's just like, I, you know, there's a lot of brands right now that are, are um, suffering from this uh, quicker and at a, a much greater extent than they 
maybe is justified because mm -hmm. of how they kind of assumed that everything would just continue uh, and they weren't thinking about the, the long term. And, you know, it's like for me, I, I uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I grew up, you know, my dad had a tree service and I grew up with that seasonality. You know, I grew up, I also grew up in the Rust Belt here in Ohio, where it's just like, you know, you growing up and kind of going downtown and seeing the kind of the ruins of this, you know, once great city. And, you know, thankfully now it's, it's, it's bouncing back pretty, pretty well. Um, uh, but, but, you, you know, growing up with that and seeing that, and then also, you know, with your, you know, seeing the seasonality of like, Hey, hey in the winter, you survive, you, you have to survive off of what you had at, during the, the, the summer, you know, when you mm -hmm. had the good months and then also you, maybe you have firewood sales, but what happens if you, you know, had a, had a bad year where you just didn't have a lot of firewood you could season or, uh, what if you, uh, you know, the, you know, you just didn't do well or whatever else. It's like, you got to think about that. And I think a lot of these businesses, um, they just kind of assumed that they could keep kind of, um, covering up the, these larger strategic gaps with just revenue and, and mm. what happens when the revenue starts slipping. And, and now we're, we're seeing, you know, see, it, I, I see this less so as like this massive destroying force and more of uh, right now, at least this is more of an unveiling of what was kind of already there for a lot of businesses. Um, harsh, but true, I think. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, hey, yeah, it, it is harsh, but it, it is the reality. And, yeah. and the thing is, is like, it, I find it to be for a lot of, a lot of brands quite, quite lazy. Um, mm -hmm. uh, smaller businesses, not so much because, I mean, you have to be lean and surgical by default, but for a lot of these larger businesses, yeah, they just weren't really prioritizing things. And, and what I see out of that, kind of the, the, the last, uh, you know, major point on, on what I'm consistently seeing is, it trickles down into the, the, the well-being and the mental health of their team. And mm -hmm. this is something that I've, I, is really not talked about as much as I wish it was, is that these short-term kind of goals, uh, pursuing it, it, it's really stressful because usually most of these teams are just random maximum improvement and there's all these really cool ideas that they want to work on, but they're just kind of doing these needless things right. just to get, you know, the hockey stick growth and and they get frustrated and then when they you know the inevitable happens like right now where now layoffs are happening they're just like well yeah i kind of saw this stuff happening to begin with these are these issues that are now leading to these layoffs uh you know, you know this could have been prevented and it's really not good and you have uh these 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 you know people in the marketing department across the entire team that are stressed out that uh, are doing random acts improvement they're they're all competing they're all like basically uh, uh they're not working collaboratively which is the the biggest issue is that they're kind of uh eating into each other's uh work so and for a good example of that is like let's say uh the paid uh you know paid click uh, paper mm -hmm. click you know SEM you can use utilize, utilize a lot of those learnings and apply it to SEO. So what a lot of the times what we'll do is we'll actually come up with, you know, see what some in the marketplace, what some opportunities are for search. Mm -hmm. And then instead of going on and, you know, developing this, you know, tremendous amount of evergreen content and you're putting, you know, a year or two into building those pages up, uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll test this with, with paid search. We'll create really quick landing pages. We'll target those keywords with ads and we'll see how well they do. And if they perform, then it's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll invest in that. And we'll start, we'll, we'll invest in, uh, you know, the, the, absolutely. And so those are ways you can work collaboratively. But in a lot of times with these, these teams, those are completely different departments. 
which is which is pretty Got crazy. It. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and um, I mean, I think the point that you made about thinking long term really uh, struck a chord in me because um, I was just talking about this with um, my sister actually, who is also a business owner, and um, she was talking about um, how it could be potentially dangerous to plan too much for the situation we're in because at some point this crisis will be over. And if you've over-specialized into some niche that you've seen and suddenly this is no longer a problem, what happens to your business? So um, I, I think, you know, like you, you, you pointed that uh, example of that client you're working with in travel. I think that makes so much sense because travel is not going to happen right now, but you can think long-term because at some point it's going to be over. So let me set myself up for that situation. Mm-hmm. But if you are in a situation where you can do something about this new, um, you know, the business conditions because of the pandemic, then sort out the short-term problem, but don't, don't, don't uh, forget to consider the long-term implications of whatever you're doing in doing now. I, I guess like from everything I've been hearing from what you're saying, you're really pushing businesses to set themselves up for success by yeah. getting their um, fundamentals fundamentals in place right yeah it's about sustainability i I mean like you can have sustainable consistent growth um but i think it's that pushing the pursuing that kind of short-term rapid hockey stick growth that that's causing a lot of very you know a lot of a lot of difficulties with these businesses so you know like right now if if you let's say spent the last three years investing in like organic search and Mm -hmm. having evergreen content right Mm-hmm. Uh, the brands that I, I've been talking to that have a really solid search presence, they're not struggling nearly as much. You, you know, I mean, uh, obviously you have industry, de- you know, dependent things, but they're really not because what, what, think about it from this perspective. Let's say you don't have any sort of, uh, organic search presence. You're just strictly just paid traffic, you know, for hypothetically your e-commerce, you pay traffic only. All right. So that you got to add spend there and there's a whole lot of factors that go into it. And mm-hmm. the business, if you have a competitor, that's, you know, pretty much the same, but they have a really strong search presence, uh, organic search presence, and they're getting all that. That's all free. I mean, oh, obviously you have to imagine. pay for it, but that makes their, um, that makes their cu- customer acquisition cost a lot lower if, and, and so therefore, uh, they're able to have a lot more of a buffer. So if yeah. they got to cut back on their spend, you know, if everyone has to cut back on their spend, well, they already, they still have that revenue stream coming in. You know? And and you can probably use the point you made earlier by saying if they've got a very strong SEO presence, that probably would help them do better SEM because now they know what keywords and things like that are going to work. And just mm-hmm. if you're paying for ads and you've got organic results in the same page, you're probably more likely to get that click, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it goes back to... Um, yeah, I mean, you'd be able to do different things. So, for example, if you had, you know, paid paid ads and you had organic as well, it's like you could target different aspects of it as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you could have different messaging on there. I mean, going in with, like, you know, what, what you guys are doing at, at DataQ, it's like the personalization, that is a huge, huge opportunity um, that is just not really being fully leveraged in most brands, even larger brands, but particularly, mm-hmm. like, smaller ones. So, you know, that's one of the things that we did was we did this kind of strategic uh, brand messaging testing. There's a lot of brands that we, we, we started working with where, uh, frankly, 
their messaging was really confusing to me. I mean, it, it was straightforward, but I'm just mm -hmm. like, okay, why, why are you guys doing this? Like, why are you guys going with that angle? And really they couldn't give me a good reason. They're just like, well, it works. And, and that's what we've always done. And I'm like, okay, well, let's try some stuff. So we yeah. came up with, you know, we, we, we did, we, on one example, we actually did 14 different uh, concepts. I don't mean just like individual concepts, but I mean like different kind of overarching uh, category uh, topics. And we picked four. And we went and applied this to, we worked with the, uh, the, the SEM agency and, and said, okay, well, let's apply this messaging across all their, their ads mm -hmm. uh, and, and do it systematically. So you have four ads with four different concepts curated and tailored across the entire brand. Same audience though, right? Same. Yeah. Everything else is, everything else yeah. is the same. So it's a, it's a straight up, you know, control and then, uh, yeah. so it's control and then three other ads and, three and we yeah. did it across everything. Yeah. And so we had millions and millions of, uh, of, of clicks, um, and, and, and lots of impressions. And, and so quite a lot of data to be statistically significant. And we found overwhelmingly like two of the, of, uh, two out of the, the three new ones uh, were do, did way better. I mean, almost double oh, wow. the value per click, almost double the value per click. Mm -hmm. And it blew us away. So, and then we did that on a product level. We also analyzed the exact same, uh, exact same uh, ads and we segmented it down to a product level, even by a you know, certain niche level, like certain non-branded uh, you know, kind of demographics. And we were able to see that it actually varied. It varied based on products and everything else. I mean, the, there was still one that was kind of overwhelmingly uh, better, but better. But there were there were certain there were certain ones that were that were different. So then we're like, okay, well now we can utilize this and tailor our landing pages and our messaging. And like, what if we did that across the entire brand? What would it do? And we just tailored everything according to that. Mm -hmm. Email lists, everything, funnels, retargeting, uh, what communities even for those specific type of products, like going back to Reddit, for example, like, okay, this kind of messaging resonates more. So let's, you know, maybe that's a certain angle, certain kind of communities we could tie into that'll do this. I mean, the ideas were just explosive. And that was just off of one test that we did. So then, you know, we, there's a whole bunch of other, you know, series of tests that you can do, but I, I think there's so much data that is just not being utilized and, and, and you can take, you know, what you're doing in, in paid search or paid search, what you're doing in paid social, what you're doing in this and that, or, you know, doing pr proper, uh, AAB tests on your website and testing right. different messaging. H how can you speak more directly to your audience uh, and, and do that across everything. That is a huge, huge opportunity that's just, I, I don't see most brands doing. And I guess at least for small businesses, one of the challenges is that um, there's always this feeling of being overwhelmed because mm -hmm. you're kind of struggling to run your business. But then every time you're logging into LinkedIn or YouTube or what have you, there's this new thing that people are saying, you have to do this, you have to do that. But what mm -hmm. I really like about what we've just discussed is that I think you've made things um, very simple, right? So it's sort of very structured. So it's really from, you know, if I could try to summarize, it's like, okay, you've got blind spots. We all do. Try to find mm -hmm. out which ones are the most valuable ones that you need to attack. And mm -hmm. um, I think the one I, I, I liked your first point about too many people are really hell-bent on this one marketing channel and there could be so many others which you could look at. Um, mm -hmm. and then people aren't really thinking long-term enough. So go back and think about your business plan and try to see, are you setting yourself up for success regardless of, you know, because you know that maybe this pandemic is going to change. So are you setting yourself up? 
And the last one, I guess it's like, even though you're not so, even if you're not huge, it's still not an excuse not to be testing, right? So even if you can't get millions of uh, clicks on your Google ad accounts, I know that Google ad, Google and Facebook are giving away ad credits right now to small businesses. So, you know, mm-hmm. get on that and test different uh, messages and always try to see how can you be better. Um, have you guys been using anything with Google Optimize? I, I know that's free and you can, I guess uh, people can try different um, messages on their site. Or do you typically prefer Google Ads to do these kind of messaging tests? Uh, it, it, we, we've been doing a little bit of, uh, a little bit of UX and, and a little bit of the, the brand messaging with the SEM. Uh, SEM's been easiest just because a lot of the, the brands that we're utilize, uh, working with, they've already mm-hmm. kind of got the, all that stuff set up. So we're just going right. in and just kind of systematically adjusting the ads. It's very, whereas a just really kind of sad amount of brands are not doing any sort of A-B testing at all. Uh, and just, it's not even just like, hey, let's try this one test. It's like the, even just getting the capabilities of setting up a CRO shop and in-house for some of the larger ones that we're working with has is, is been kind of problematic. Um, and that, that's where, you know, we kind of adapted this, you know, the framework or whatever by figuring out those issues and figuring out, okay, well, how can we implement this e- easier across right. the board and some sort of a repeatable system. But um, that, I, I think the SEM route is a little bit easier just because it's it's uh, more actionable but if, if you have the capabilities yeah something like a google uh you know uh, utilizing that or you know like unbounce or whatever else you know there's plenty sure. of tools out there for a b testing um or you know like what you guys are doing absolutely it seems like that that's a good option as well josh this has been awesome thank you so much um can you i, I mean i i think there's a lot of stuff here and i'm sure people would love to get in touch and hopefully um have their questions answered is there anywhere that um, you recommend they get in touch with you yeah uh, if you just go to pureweberesults.com uh, go on there shoot us a, a message on the contact form um one of the things that we're doing is uh you, you know really setting aside a good amount of time over the next like three to six months to try and to try and help, uh, you know, businesses that are, that are, that are trying to navigate this. And, and I think there's a lot of ways that businesses can not only survive, but would thrive out of this. Um, so if you, if you shoot a message and just say, Hey, you, you found us on this podcast or whatever else, um, you know, I have no problem hopping on a call for like 45 minutes and just kind of giving you, you know, some, some kind of a strategy call and giving you some advice. Um, recharge is, is trying to help people out at this time. Wow. Hey, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure having you on. You too, brother. Take it easy. You're still here, which means you definitely enjoyed that conversation. This is a special COVID-19 e-commerce miniseries to help small business merchants out there get prepared. We're doing a lot more of these, so be the first to know whenever there's a new episode. Just follow DataQ, that's D-A-T-A-C-U-E on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Stay safe out there, everybody. Till next time, this is Sharam.